Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. As always, we've got a great show planned for you. Uh, this topic has been talked about on the show before, but over the past three weeks, I've gotten a handful of people reaching out about this and it's coming more and more into my clinical practice. So we're going to kind of talk about it from a different entry point, uh, signs that an open relationship might be right for you. Um, not so much how to do an open relationship. We've talked about that, but signs that maybe it's right for you. So that's to help couples decide, are we, you know, the right couple? Do we have what it takes? Uh, it's on the rise. I can't tell you how many people are reaching out for therapy around this issue, wanting to explore, wanting to learn better how to pull it off. Um, I know for some people, this is a very foreign concept, but this is becoming a um, clinical issue that I'm seeing more and more of. And so the the relevance, the, pre the prevalence of it on the increase. So you will hear us talking more and more about it. You're seeing it more on television, tons more books being written about it. So, but again, remember as always, even if you're married or monogamous or whatever it is, there's still a lot we can learn by looking at the way other cultures, other lifestyles, other identities, um, how they exist, how they thrive. Um, there's a lot that monogamy can learn from polyamory and open styles. And there's a lot that polyamory and open styles can also learn from monogamy. Um, cause at the end of the day, we're breaking it down to the same core issues. And I want you to understand that although you might think it's very distinct, we're, we're talking about trust. We're talking about care. We're talking about boundaries. We're talking about compassion. We're talking about time management. Um, these are all things that are part of being in any relationship, familially, socially, platonically, sexually, romantically. So again, we're going to be talking, uh, opening the show, talk about signs that maybe y'all have what it takes because this is not for everyone. There's some bad reasons for doing it and some, you know, relationships that are, you know, contraindicated as we say. Um, so first off, let me just start by saying this, just because it's something you want to do doesn't mean it's right for you. I, I'll say that no matter what we're talking about, just because you want monogamy doesn't mean monogamy is right for you. I want people to interrogate why they choose what they choose. We can't assume that because someone's like, I want monogamy or I want to get married, that that means that that's a healthy thing. But we assume that because it's the norm. So we don't ask questions. If someone's like, yeah, I'm cisgendered. I'm, I feel comfortable with the gender I was assigned at birth or yeah, heterosexuality is cool or monogamy is what I know or you know, marriage is what I want. We never stop and go, why is that right for you? Is that healthy? What are the downsides to that? But we better as hell, I mean, you sure as hell better believe we do that if someone comes out as trans or gay or poly, we're like, well, wait a minute. So many questions. Because we assume because it's not standard that it might be bad or wrong. But please also ask yourself, 
even if you are following the normative standard lifestyle, why you're choosing what you're choosing. Because sometimes it's born out of an unhealthy part of you because you're anxious, because you don't believe in your worth, because you're not comfortable asking and fulfilling things that you want to try or you fantasize about, whatever it might be. So everyone should be asking themselves, why am I choosing what I'm choosing? It's not always a good thing just because it's normal or standard or what you're familiar with. And that's part of this. You're going to get more familiarity with different creative, diverse lifestyles, gender expressions, sexual orientations, arousal patterns and habits because life is creative and diverse and so are humans. But it's only recent that people have really felt confident pushing on their boundaries doing something non-normative, really trying some new things. These things that these desires might've always existed and people, God bless them, were courageous enough decades ago to try these things. But now there's resources. Now there's more support. Now there's more respect, less stigma, although stigma still runs strong. It still is something that a lot of people have anxiety coming out about as being non-monogamous or polyamory. And we'll cover very quickly the distinctions between the two, because I think it gets very confused, um, but I just wanted to kind of use this segment to drive home. Just because something's different doesn't mean it's pathological. Just because something's different doesn't mean it's a disorder. Just because something's different doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. Just like, just because something's familiar, standard, and normal and traditional doesn't mean it's healthy and right and what's best for you. We're getting rid of all those words and we're just authentically saying, who am I, what do I want, what's best for me, and what do I need? And I'm gonna to try to inch towards that because that is a life best lived and that's a life and a lifestyle that's truly centering mental health. Um, so verbiage, there's a difference between polyamory, polygamy, and open relationships, but they all get collapsed some, sometimes, somehow. So we're not talking about polygamy. Polygamy is part of, um, a religion where one man will have many wives. It's illegal. We're not talking about that. That's polygamy. Polyamory is when someone has multiple ongoing relationships, multiple relationships. Sometimes it's hierarchical where they'll have more of a primary and the others maybe are secondary or tertiary. And sometimes they're all parallel. They're all just as important and all as, you know, all equal. And that's confused with open relationships. Open relationships traditionally, or the way I'm going to use it tonight means you have a primary partner, but you have sex with others, not ongoing re true relationships with others, although sex is a form of relationality, but you are with your primary, maybe you live together, blah, 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 but you're allowed to have sexual experiences with others. That's open. Polyamory is multiple relationships. Those are two very, very distinct things. We're talking tonight about open relationships where maybe you're married, have a primary partner, maybe you live together, and you're down to each other, go maybe have some sex one-offs with other people, maybe when you're on the road, maybe a fling or two, maybe bring someone home with you. But it's, it's not multiple relationships, just kind of sex with others. So you're kind of opening a little bit. All right, we'll be back. We'll talk more about it. Stick around, go nowhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back we're talking tonight about open relationships not how to do them but signs that you might be a couple that could pull one off so that's what it's about, signs that it might be right for you. Again, we're not talking about polyamory, which is multiple relationships, all important, all meaningful, most likely all primary. We're not talking about that. We're talking about someone who's in a relationship, happy with what they got relationally, but they want to try having sex with others. Why? Because it's hot, it's fun, it's different, it's diverse. Maybe your partner's not into what you're into. Maybe they're into nothing at all. And you just want to have a little explore, a little exploring. So how do you know, though, if you're the right person or the right couple to try this or pull this off? I want to remind everyone, the first thing we're assuming is that it's ethical. You'll see this on dating apps more and more and more and more because more people are t not only doing it, more people are confident and, and open about it. You'll see ENM on some people's dating apps, and that means ethical non-monogamy. Now, why is that word ethical important? Because non-monogamy should be something that all parties are aware of. If you have decided unilaterally without telling your partner that you're all gonna be non-monogamous and you're gonna have sex with others, then you're actually just called a cheater. Ethical non-monogamy means you're open about it, your partner knows, you've talked it out, you've talked it through, you both have had a little handshake on it and you're both down. We want it to be ethical. And that's why people say it, ethically non-monogamous, which means my partner knows I'm here and they're supportive of me having sex with others. So you, you're saying to this magical third person, you don't have to feel bad or like you're a part of causing any harm because my partner knows that I'm here and is cool with it. So if you see ENM or ethical non-monogamy or open relationship, you'll know that they're not looking for a relationship with you. They just wanna maybe have some sex with you because polyamory would mean maybe they're open to also dating you and having a relationship with you. Um, so just because it sounds like a neat idea doesn't mean it's right for you. <laughs> Remember, everything we want to do or things we fantasize about don't necessarily mean they're right for us, should happen, or could happen. Um, and I just want to kind of call that out. It's not right for everyone, which is what we're talking about. So who's it right for? Well, we'll start this way. If you're interested... <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Um, it's something that I want people to be down for. Uh, we're not trying to convince people into it. We're not trying to talk them into it. A lot of people don't want it, aren't familiar with it, or are made anxious at the idea of it. We're not trying to convince people. Um, but it needs to be a discussion because we want everyone to be comfortable. We want it to be ethical. We want to have a positive impact on a relationship. So it's something that has to be collaboratively talked out. Now, like with all things that might be a little more complicated or have nuance, be open to two points. Number one, just because you want something doesn't mean your partner will. Part of being in a relationship will always mean disappointments, frustrations, and limits because we're dealing with human beings and human beings have their own needs, their own dreams, their own traumas, their own insecurities. And so we can't expect in a healthy relationship to always get what we want and never be frustrated. Perfect doesn't exist. And if you're not willing to allow and accept some levels of frustration and difficulty and limits, well, then you actually are wanting perfect, which actually doesn't exist. So you have to my point being, accept some limitations and letdowns. That is part of moving through the world as a human. But we want everyone to be on the same page and everyone to be on board. We don't want to force or convince someone. Having said that, I want to also remind everyone that just because something feels uncomfortable doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. It just means it's not familiar or it's not standard for you or you don't understand. And maybe that's the better route to go. If you're on the receiving end of a partner coming to you saying, I want to maybe try being open, don't just say, well, I don't feel good about it. So the answer is no. The better answer is, I don't feel good about it. Let's talk more. Let me better understand. Let me do some reading or research. Let's talk it through. At least be open to considering. That's all, that's all your partner can really ask for. And so I'm saying that to then the person who's bringing it up. All you can hope your partner will say is either yes or let me think about it. Let's talk it through. Help me better understand why you're asking. But if someone comes to you, your partner wanting something open, you don't have a right to shame them or get mad at them. At any point in any relationship, people are allowed to ask for something new and different. There is no such thing as, well, you knew when we met, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't work like that. We grow and we change. And at any point, we're allowed to ask for whatever our needs might have evolved into. There's no such thing as you can never ask for anything different. You knew how it was from the beginning. You knew what I wanted. Well, you're allowed to say, and I changed and I grew. And this is now what I think I need. But it's got to be an open-ended conversation. We're not shaming anyone. We're not guilting anyone. We're not attacking anyone on either end. So just like you can't get mad at your partner, for wanting more time to think about it or to process it, or maybe they already have and it's not right for them, they don't have a right to get mad at you for even asking it or wanting to explore it. Because we have to be in relationships. We're allowed to ask for things and explore things and try things. So again, I'm not saying you have to do it, but I am saying you have to be at least open to talking about it and better understanding. Because even though you might realize this isn't for me, you still learn a lot about your partner, what their needs are, and maybe you find other solutions to whatever it is that's driving their desire for an open relationship. And it might just be newness and novelty. Maybe you're willing now to be a part of that because before you weren't. And even though you're not willing to be open, you're realizing your partner desperately wants new novel creative sex. And you're saying, okay, I will try to do some new things with you. Just be open to the conversation is all I'm saying. Don't let your anxiety or fear of the unknown or the unfamiliar be immediately something that makes you rule out whatever's being brought up. That's not being a kind partner. Just like I say all the time, if you're going to be monogamous, you have to be open to being sexual. You can't say to your partner, I want monogamy. You can only have sex with me. Oh yeah. And by the way, I'm not ever going to be willing to have sex either. That's called forced celibacy. And that's actually a form of sexual and a mental abuse. Um, you don't have a right to take away someone's sexuality. So I say that on the other hand, if your partner wants monogamy, but won't have sex with you, you have a right to say monogamy isn't right for us then as a couple, because monogamy is for couples that are open and interested in sex with each other. 
because we don't choose monogamy to take sex out of our lives in totality. So you have a right to say, if I can't have sex with you, then we need to talk about me having access to sex with others. Um, that's unfortunately just how that goes. Again, monogamy is for couples that have good sexual compatibility, sexual chemistry, and are both interested in having a sex life. And if not, then it's, then it's appropriate to ask for alternative solutions and options for sure. Talk it out though. It's a couple's issue. It should be collaborative. It should not be threatening. We have to be able to talk about these things because we're a very monogamous, we're a very, a very monogacentric culture, but there's other options that are just as legit. So, um, all right, coming up next, we're going to keep talking about how do we know if we're the kind of couple that should, could, or would handle opening up. Stick around. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about open relationships because they're on the rise. I can't tell you how many people in my practice are asking about it. People are in my DMs asking me questions. So we're talking about, hey, are you are you built for it? Are you the kind of couple that can pull this off? Remember, this is a conversation that's actually about more than just whether or not we're down to have sex with other people. It's also a conversation. Can I talk to my partner about difficult topics? Is my partner healthy enough for me to talk about nuanced, complex, difficult things and they're not going to shame me for it and we can process and find an equally beneficial solution because that's really what healthy relationships are about solutions that benefit all parties but if you're in a relationship and you're angry or mad when your partner's like hey i want to try something i want to do something or i've grown or i've changed and you get mad because you're made anxious or you're made unsure you're not holding up your end of the bargain people grow and change and so do our needs and a healthy relationship is always open to processing where are we who are we and what do we need and we don't shame each other we are in each other's care and we look out for each other and we talk about things collaboratively. We're talking about ethical non-monogamy. If you want to have sex with other people, you step into your courage and respect for your partner and you sit down and you tell them that that's something you wanna talk about. You don't do it behind their back. You don't lie about it. You don't tell people that your partner knows when they don't. You don't cheat, you don't do infidelity. That erodes a trust that is disrespectful. You toughen up and you sit down your partner and you say, this is hard to bring up. It might be hard to hear, but I value you in our relationship and I wanna talk about the possibility of opening up our relationship or opening up our marriage. Every relationship has to be able to handle talking about difficult things, and that's part of it. But you do that out of respect. But it's not for everyone. We're not convincing or forcing, but we're talking and we're processing. Um, so is it right for you? Well, are you and your partner able to have difficult conversations? If not, well, then no, it's not because it's complexity and it'll bring a lot up. But you, but this might be a sign y'all need to learn how to be that kind of couple that can talk about difficult things. That moves into the second piece. You know it's for you if you're good at communicating. You have to be able to have conversations that are hard because this is not a one-off conversation. Whether you're both down or not, and if one of you isn't, it's gonna be ongoing. And even if you're both down for it, it's gonna be ongoing because different needs change. And remember, once open, not always open. There are things that occur in life where you decide it might be a smart idea that we close because of COVID, because of a recent STD or STI, because I'm going through a tough time and I really want more care, time, and attention from my partner. There's so many reasons. So remember, at any point you're allowed to say, hey, can we talk about maybe taking a break from being open or closing because of this reason, because of that reason, or whatever it is. So you have to be good at communication and you have to be good at transparency and vulnerability to check in along the way because you're not doing this to harm each other or to harm your relationship. And if it's harming each other or the relationship, that has to be able to get acknowledged and talked talked about. So this is about ongoing conversations. It's about follow-up. Also, it's about boundaries. Are you both able to set and hold boundaries? 
these are these are big conversations. And again, I worry about couples that can't have these conversations, whether it's about this topic or something else. Um, so that's what you have to assess, like how mature are me and my partner around conversation? And then it moves into also like, how are you with honesty and trust? Because that's a huge part of this because you're essentially saying, I want us to maximize and preserve and really caretake our primary relationship. And I want us to each make each other happy. I don't want our relationship to make our lives smaller and harder, but I need to know that you're looking out and caring for us at the same time because this isn't a solution to wanting to leave your partner, but being afraid to, so you stay, but open it. That's not what this is. This is, I love my partner, but I'm also interested in having more sexual diversity or creativity or, or whatever it is. And so I want to add on, I want to have a bigger life. I have more to give. I want to expand. That should be the reason for doing this, not as a respirator or life support for a bad sex life or a relationship you don't want to be a part of. So my point is, is what? Clean up your house first. If you're not able to pull it off with your current partner, you might not have what it takes to pull off an open relationship because again you want to be in a firm solid foundation because this is complexity it, it involves more needs it involves more triggers sometimes so you have to work on the strength and unity of your current relationship first just like if the foundation of a house isn't great we don't start adding rooms onto the house we first solidify that foundation and then we can build the home taller or wider but you don't add complexity and more weight to an already flimsy, fragile, or broken foundation because this isn't a fix for anything. In fact, it further complicates. I'm gonna contradict what I just said in a minute, but really hear what I just said because we're gonna be moving into what I call, well, not what I call, but what we call dialectics, which means two opposites can be true at the same time. What? I know. But just know what I just said, that make sure your current relationship is healthy and functioning. And if it isn't, work on that first before you step into a conversation about opening up because you're adding more complexity onto an already taxed or stressed system otherwise. You need that solid foundation. You both need to know that you'll talk about what you need to talk about. You both need to trust that you will be cared for and heard because there's more nuance coming in. Um, <clears throat> all right, so we're going to... Um, Come back and do some DMs. So uh, got some DMs for us, questions you want answered, topics you want covered, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff, but don't go anywhere. DMs coming up next, and then we'll keep talking about um, opening up your relationship. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. That's what we got. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm angry and hurt, but not sure if I have the right to be. I finalized my divorce with my ex-partner six months ago. That's hard. We adopted a five-year-old daughter together. They have started to date again, your, your ex, which I knew they would have, which, which I knew would happen. Oh no, but our daughter has started calling her mommy number two. Oh, that's painful. I don't know what I was expecting, but I guess I just want to hear an outside perspective if I have an actual reason to be sad. Yeah, be sad. That's a bummer. That's painful. That hurts. Ugh. We can't control what your husband decides to do. That is up to him. Um, hopefully you have a good co-parenting relationship so you can maybe reflect him how painful that was to hear without making any demands around it because you and your husband are going to have a relationship forever because again, you're co-parents. 
So side note, and I say this very lovingly, if you're going to have a child with someone, you better promise yourself that you're going to be working on that relationship with them because you're always going to have one and that you have to manage things better than maybe other couples do because when they part, they can just part. So bringing a child in is a permanent commitment to each other. And so you better assess your ability to work together well. Um, that's what I'm hoping you already have. And if not, look, I do couples therapy with sometimes with couples that want to work on co-parenting so that they can manage things like this. But your question was, do you have a right to be sad? Yeah, that's a bummer. Be sad about it. You can't make any demands around it. Again, he gets to decide as an adult what he does, but you can weigh in on that and just let him know you're bummed. Oof, that's a rough one. All right, we got time for another one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my dad has always had severe anger issues, but now as he gets older, it seems like it's getting worse. He refuses therapy. Are there any at-home things I can introduce him to? Oh, oh God, no. Um, he has to do the work himself, and if he doesn't want to, nothing changes. Uh, we can't create behavior change in other people because we want it. Um, people have to want to change. Are there tons of books you can read? Sure, tons of self-help books on working with anger. Podcasts, self-help books, um, spiritual practices are really stunningly powerful, but he has to want to do it. But if he's wanting to do it, yes, there's a lot of things that are available. Wow, we got time for another one. Hey, Dr. Chris, can you please explain the difference between the different kinds of, what is this? Oh, commitment. I think I have, wait, let me start. Can you believe in the different kinds of commitment phobia? I think I may have it because I think the idea of being committed to someone is draining to me. Um, well, I don't, I don't break down them into different kinds. I don't, I don't really see it in, in that way. Um, uh, an inability or a lack of willingness to commit to someone could be a sign that you're not physically attracted to them. And that's then appropriate that you don't want to forge a romantic relationship with them. Or it could be an intimacy issue, which would mean you maybe have an avoidant attachment style, which means you've been essentially raised in an environment where closeness and intimacy were chaotic or traumatizing or very overwhelming. And so you have a, you know, um, you have a, you are, you struggle with that. I don't know why I can't come up with that word. Um, or, or I want to throw this in there. Um, not everyone is built for monogamy. So that could be it, that this person or the relationships you've been in, they want primary partnership and monogamy and you are inherently more open, non-monogamous or poly, or you're asexual and so you're not sexually interested in them and you're calling that a commitment issue, or you're aromantic, which means you have sexuality but you're not relationally driven. Maybe you're an introvert. I would have to do an intake and an assessment. I don't I don't really give them these like fancy labels like here are the different kinds of commitment issues. I don't I don't work like that. I use like real time language. But again, it could be an attachment issue, it could be a sexuality um incongruence. There's so many things that it could be. So I'd basically say go work with a couples or a certified sex therapist and they'll kind of help you sort that out. Here's a difficulty thing. You know, when people call in or write in or, you know, throw me a quick question on the street, sometimes, you know, these are things that I spend weeks assessing and doing an intake on. And there's different tests we can use to really understand what's going on. And like, you can't give a global answer. Um, there's so many reasons as to why someone might have an aversion to sex to intimacy, to commitment, to relationality, to whatever it is. So just be kind with yourself. There's nothing inherently wrong. There's, it's not a disorder. You don't have to want intimacy or commitment. Like I said, some people are poly, some people are open. Some people do um, relational anarchy, which means they don't do a hierarchy. Not everyone's sexual, they're asexual. Some people are aromantic. So there might be some really valid reasons as to why that is. I'll try to talk about a lot more of these topics on the show. All right, y'all, we'll be back. You're listening to Love Lamb with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around.
All right, y'all, we are back and uh, talking about open relationships, but not really how to do them as much as we're talking about, do you have what it takes? Are you an ideal couple for something like this? So what do you need to think about? Well, are you both interested in it? And if not, at least be mature enough and a good enough partner to say, let's keep talking about it. Let me learn more. Let me process it. It's not a one-off decision or conversation. Maybe you spend, you circle back every now and then, and it takes weeks or months, or even some couples I work with, it's over the course of years to understand why, to understand what, to think about other solutions to whatever it is you're you're wanting to open up around or for. Um, make sure that your relationship is firm and solid. And if not, work on that primary relationship first, because you're adding on more and more, whatever we're talking about will always mean more complexity, more energy taken elsewhere, more attention elsewhere. So you want to make sure that you're already a good unit, that communication's intact, that trust is there, um, and that you can talk about difficult things. So again, sometimes I say to couples, you all need to work on your stuff first, because this isn't a solution to a bad marriage or relationship. Let me, let me just say that. Don't open it up because you don't like what you're in and you think that this will somehow make you feel better about being who you're with. That is not the point of the purpose and it ain't going to do that. Um, so work on dealing with what you need to deal with in your relationship first. If you want to leave, then work on leaving. If you want to change your sex life with your partner, work on that. If you need to work on trust and communication, work on that. And then once all that's handled, you can say, let me, let's talk about this additional piece. Um, honesty and trust has to be there. Now, Having said all that, that it shouldn't be something supplementary or complementary, sometimes the driving force is because you might be with a partner who has a lower sex drive, uh, isn't interested in some of the sexual things you are, or you just really want to try being with other shapes, sizes, sexual activities, gender, genders, um, orientations, all sorts of stuff. And that's legit. That's legit. Sometimes you want some non-emotionally connected sex. Um, kink could be one of them, you know? Sometimes you have a partner that's not vanilla, they're more kinky, it's not something you're comfortable with, something you're interested in, your libido is lower, whatever it is, and this is a resource for them to go get the kind of sexuality that is important and meaningful to them. Nothing wrong with that. It's also why I tell couples, before you make any serious commitment, explore sexual chemistry and compatibility so you know what you're signing up for. Not assuming that things will just inherently get better. No, they won't. Not necessarily. Just because you really find someone attractive or enjoy their time with them doesn't mean sex is just going to fall in line. It's its own separate process that needs to be explored and figured out. Just like you might be in a mixed orientation marriage. We haven't really talked much about that on the show, but sometimes there's partners that are together where one or both of them are gay and they're together for companionship reasons or they came out later in life or they're bisexual and do want to try sex with the same gender or the opposite gender or whatever it is. And so there's those pieces are in there too. Mixed orientation isn't always just I'm straight, you're gay, or I'm gay and you're straight, or we're both bi. Sometimes it's centered around gender interests, um, things outside of gender choice totally. It's just about other diverse sexual experiences that are part of your orientation. One partner can't give us everything. And that's part of what led to polyamory and open relationships is the recognition that you're not necessarily going to find one person that meets all your needs. And they don't have to. You're allowed to outsource. You know, it's why we have friends. We can go to friends for interests that our partners don't have or levels of vulnerability or emotionality that our partners don't have. I don't really agree with the word emotional cheating. I think it's misused. I want people to have deep, intimate, vulnerable relationships with their friends. That is the point of friendship. That shouldn't be threatening to your partner. It isn't a threat. Um, allow for that. And this is the sexual version of that. Our partner might not be able to meet all of our sexual needs because of illness, disability, mental health issue, the body they have, their sex drive, their sexual, their sexuality. 
And that doesn't mean we have to be limited by this. And open styles are a way to still get to explore and expand. It's not a demand, uh, but it's something you request. And like I said earlier in the segment, I want everyone to be in the kind of relationship where they can handle these kinds of conversations, things that are hard to hear, hard to talk about. It's healthy. We don't want to just completely avoid things because they trigger us or make us uncomfortable. Um, and this is a topic that's hard for some of us because we don't know anything else. We don't have those role models. So at least if someone approaches you about opening up, at least care enough to say, let me, let me process it more. I'm not going to just give you my immediate anxious response because we don't want to make decisions from anxiety. We want to make them from wisdom. You sit with it. You think about it. Maybe you do some reading. Maybe you talk to some people. But we want to at least give our partner the consideration of thoughtfulness around it and vice versa. You have to also be open to your partner needing some time just because you've been thinking about it for a while and coming to terms with it. doesn't mean your partner has, and you can't out of the blue after you've done whatever work you've done around it, just drop it on them and make a demand and expect them to get it or have comfort in it. You have to give them the time you gave yourself. They might need weeks, months, maybe even years, but that's where you show commitment that I'm here and I'm here with you through that journey. But if you're on the receiving end, that's also how you show commitment is I'm here for you to hear what your needs are and to try to help you get your needs met. And I will not immediately rule something out because I'm anxious or uncomfortable. We have to demand better than that. That is not love, that is not commitment. Because in monogamous relationships, we are limited by your limits. We're each limited by the limits of the other. We have to take that very seriously, romantically and sexually. And open relationships are a way to kind of push beyond that. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to talk about, uh, signs that maybe it's not a good idea. We were just kind of talking about the affirmative things that you want to really have in place. Um, and then we're going to come back and talk about what are the signs that like, it's probably not for us. Uh, stick around listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and uh, talk about open relationships. We were just spending the past couple episodes or segments, I should say, talking about uh, what you need to have in place. Who is it for? Now we're going to talk about signs that uh, might not be uh, ideal for you. First one is uh, you don't trust your partner and maybe you're just kind of getting over some infidelity or cheating. Not the best foundation from which to try to do an open relationship. And it's also not a solution to someone who cheats. Cheating is driven by a lot of different things. A relationship they don't want to be a part of a lack of understanding for compassion and care and respect, um, someone not understanding what commitment and trust are about, someone who isn't monogamous and is not able or willing to acknowledge I want non-monogamy and always should have. Maybe it's someone who wants to leave the relationship but is afraid to acknowledge it. So many different reasons that, that that's created. And you want to work on that and work with that first. What was the cheating about? The solution isn't let me just let you have sex with whoever you want and all's resolved because nothing in that is actually then resolved. We still haven't dealt with trust or commitment or care or respect or someone's true relational orientation. Monogamy is not for everyone. It's something we made up. We just magically, for reasons rooted in capitalism and sexism and all these things we're not gonna talk about, about 120 years ago, we were kind of like, what's up? Well, it could have been, we could have chosen three. We could have chosen four. Um, we, we randomly said two sounds good to us. We think that's a very stable number, but it's not right for everyone. Some people are actually wanting more love, more sexuality, not wanting the confines of monogamy, realizing that it's not right for everyone, realizing that it's inherently limiting to expect this one person to meet all your needs. There's so many things that are part of that constellation. Um, but open relationships require consent, they require care, they require trust. And if your partner's cheating, none of those things are there. 
So you need to work on rebuilding that first because infidelity and cheating breaks trust and creates trauma. And that is not the foundation upon which to try to lean into something more complicated that requires more trust, communication, and boundaries. Because again, open relationships are not about abandoning the primary one. In fact, it's about taking on more and you need to have more focus and time and attention on the primary while you're also putting time into sex with others. Um, <clears throat> another um, element that might be contraindicated to opening up your relationship, a sign you shouldn't, is if your relationship's not going well and one of you or both of you think you want it to end. We don't want to add on an open style so as to stay in something that's not right for us or we don't want. We shouldn't use that as a desperate attempt to keep something going. Because again, what helps open relationships thrive is being in a healthy, strong relationship. That is what you want to have first. So that's why I was saying in the earlier segments, work on your primary relationship first, but don't use this open style as a last minute ditch effort. What do you say? Last ditch effort to avoid having to go through a breakup or a divorce. It's not supposed to be a solution for that. It's going to make things worse. Um, now we move on to the powerful J word, jealousy. People that are polyamorous, people that are in open styles are not completely absent of jealousy. They still have it. It still happens because we are raised in a capitalist ownership-based self-centered culture where we think about ourselves, we think we own things, we don't want to be made to be uncomfortable, we think everything's a competition, don't want to see someone else have what we have or with something that we think is ours. All that swirls together and can create some jealousy. It's a social created emotion. If we lived in a world of openness and bounty and care for others, we wouldn't even really have that. Everyone's needs are met, but they're not. So that happens, it comes up. But you wanna make sure it's something you can handle because there might be more of it. It's possible. So if you don't deal with jealousy well, this is a chance to maybe practice that or maybe a sign that ain't for you, you know? Um, people that are built for open relationships, they expect jealousy. They know that it can happen. They deal with it. They don't put it on their partner. They don't say to their partner, you change what you're doing so I'm not made to be jealous. They say, if I'm jealous, that means there's work for me to do. Why am I feeling threatened by this person who I care about, who I'm in a committed relationship with, having sex with others? Um, and they work through that and they try to figure that out because you need that honesty, you need that confidence, you need that security. Um, a lot's gonna come up. But you need to be able to listen to each other lovingly and process it. Because again, remember, we're not doing this so as to make our lives harder or more difficult. We're doing an open style to make things better and more fun, to feel more free, to feel more liberated. Life is hard enough, as I always say. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to necessarily make it worse anything that we bring into our lives that's detrimental for one of us is then not good for both of us. Remember, in healthy, primary attached relationships, which is what I hope you all want, your solutions have to be mutually beneficial. And if you are, if your partner comes to you with a need, I want you to care about what they're bringing up. I want you to care for them. I want you to say, how can I best try to help you have the kind of life you want or the kind of life you need. Don't make someone's life harder because you're in it. Um, all right, when we come, oh, actually, no, we have more time. Sorry, I got the clock wrong. Um, okay, so other signs that maybe it's not right for you. Relational trauma. 
Not that any of us really come out unscathed from prior relationships, which is why people that have never had a boyfriend or never really dated much, y'all don't have as much baggage, baggage as those who have because every relationship impacts you and you take it forward. But some people have too much relational trauma, too many trust issues, haven't been shown that they can rely on others, and it just becomes something that's always going to be a trigger. And it's okay to acknowledge that you're one of those people. I don't want people living in a state of constant worry or trigger as a result of having an open relationship. It's okay to acknowledge what's beyond what you have the internal capacity for. I mean, that's something we all need to do anyway, but some people it's been worse. You know, um, some people have been through some stuff. I'll just kind of say it like that. And this just isn't going to be something that's going to be well tolerated by them. Um, all right, when we come back, we're going to finish off our discussion of open relationships, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, anonymous, always confidential, helping yourself out, you're helping others. Maybe there's a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to drop deeper into, put that in there as well. Past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen, all sorts of good stuff because um, it's all about the practice and the unlearning, but then relearning better skills, better perspectives, better better ideals. Um, but stick around. We're not going anywhere. You don't go anywhere. We'll be here. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. So uh, stick around, y'all. All right, y'all, we're back and uh, just finishing up our discussion of open relationships, who they're for, who they're not for. That's kind of what we're focusing on right now. People that have had a lot of relational trauma might not be right for you. People that aren't really prepared for wanting to deal with jealousy, it's going to come up anyway. Healthy couples can manage it, but for some people, it's beyond the scope of what they can deal with. Also, STDs and STIs, which means we're going to have more open, transparent discussions about sexual health practices. Yes, because if we're having sex with other people, we are setting ourselves up at risk to transmit it to our primary partner based on the partners we're having sex with and the partners they're having sex with. So you have to be sex positive and that means you have to be willing to talk about these things. Yes, you're going to have to. Here's the thing. A lot of people that have been married for a long time and in monogamous relationships do not know how to talk about sexual health and uh, you have to learn how to. You have to be able to say to someone, hey, when's the last time you were tested for STDs and STIs? Have you come back positive for anything that I need to know about? You also need to talk to your primary partner and your new sex partners about what kind of methods of sexual protection you will be using. Will you go on PrEP so as to not transmit HIV? Why? Because if we take PrEP, you cannot become infected with HIV. So that's something you might want to go in if you're going to have other sex partners. And that is for everyone. PrEP is for straight people, gay people, women. It's for men. Also, you're going to have to start talking about things like condoms and barriers and dental dams and all sorts of stuff. And also, like I just said, when you got tested and how to deal with people that have come back positive for STDs and STIs. So you're going to have to have a crash course in that, talking about what boundaries need to be in place around that. Also, honesty. Are you open to talking about how it's going? Because every relationship anyway should be doing relational check-ins every couple months like how's it going what do we need to do how can i be a better partner but especially when this is happening how's this going what changes might need to happen around our open relationship how is this feeling and you have to be open about how you feel how that's going what you need what you want what you don't like remember that because you have to be able to process the jealousy and the changing needs the emotional pieces that come with it um so you have to make sure you're able to be honest mm -hmm. It's probably the most important part of this, honesty, communications, and boundaries. And I guess it kind of, my mind just wandered, and I want to kind of give a special shout out to those that are the third party. If, if you meet someone who's in a primary relationship and they approach you saying, hey, I'm in an ethically non-monogamous relationship, so I'm able to have other sex partners, you 
also have a right to be taken care of. Just because you might only have sex with this person in a relationship one time, or maybe every now and then or ongoing, you, you still matter and you still deserve respect. And you also get to have boundaries and you also get to have needs. Even though we're not talking about polyamory, multiple ongoing relationships in which you would get to really assert, you still get to assert. You're still a person. You're still allowed to say, you can't just call me on the fly whenever you want. You're still allowed to say, I'm not disposable. I'm a person. I'm not a trick. I'm not a hookup. I'm not a fling. I don't have less value than your primary partner. Remember, you're not their primary partner and their primary partner is, and things will be centered around the needs of their relationship, but you still matter and you still count and you still get to have boundaries. You still get to have requests. You still get to have thoughts and feelings. You still get to ask for aftercare afterwards. Like, hey, after we have sex, I'm not okay with you just running away. I want to sit and talk a little bit. Maybe we cuddle. I mean, you, you get to have needs as well. You still matter. You're not a sex toy. And people in an ethical non-monogamous relationship don't treat these third parties that you're just having sex with as part of your open relationship as though they are just a sex toy and they don't have a right to having feelings, thoughts, and needs. They do. And if you choose to close your relationship forever or for a period of time, you still owe it to that other party to let them know what's going on. They still matter. Just like I said on our show about infidelity, even if you are cheating, you still have a responsibility to that person. Even if your husband or wife finds out and says, don't ever see them again, you need to say to your partner, I do need to reach out to them one more time to let them know I won't be seeing them. They matter. They're a human being. They are not disposable. I want to bring that home. We have to bring humanity to this. Because somehow people want to devalue that other partner and we're not doing that. So <clears throat> remember that part. It's That's why I keep saying like opening up your relationship isn't necessarily easier. It's more, more responsibility, more boundaries, more communication. You have, you have, you have more people in your care. And even if it's just a one-off, there's, that's still a person. You are still responsible for how you impact that person. That, 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 that is like a bare basic thread that has to get woven through everything. And that's my concern when people want to open up is they, they want some level of disposability sometimes, right? They don't want a responsibility to that person. Um, and you, and you have to, and that's why I keep saying your primary relationship has to be strong enough to handle taking this on. But you as a person have to have really good emotional intelligence because a lot of people can get harmed in this. Anytime you're incorporating more people in something, you have more responsibility, so remember that, and it's going to get more familiar to us as we see more characters on television doing it, as we have more friends and family members doing it. We're going to see it in high school where people are openly dating more than one person. Jealousy will start to diminish because we'll get more culturally familiar not owning someone. We'll get rid of the ideas that we're competing with everyone and that we should be threatened by everything. This is part of changing all of that. So I'm eager for that to happen because we're a little too threatened, a little too jealous and far too competitive. And we really do think that we own our partners because we say things like my husband, my girlfriend, they aren't yours. They did not sign over their rights to you. They are not property. It is illegal to make a person your property unless it's part of some kinky BDSM, which will have safe words and boundaries and aftercare. So it's still not the same thing. People are in our care and we have to be responsible for that. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So uh, stick around. If you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, and we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, Rachel, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, me and my boyfriend were dating for about four years after we decided to go our separate ways. I like how you say that so, so casually. We just were like, hey, one day we're like, let's just go our separate ways. I, I, you know, how amazing if it could be that smooth and seamless. We just decided, I love it. We just decided there's some things we're entirely on the same page about. We remain good friends. I love it. It's like you rolled over, high-fived, and you're on the same page. I'm into it. We remain good friends. Awesome. But, here's the but. And I just want to highlight what was just said. I love the idea of people being friends with their exes. That is a good sign. Why? Tells us people value relationship. They take it seriously. When they commit, they commit. They're like, hey, just because we can't pull off sex or romance doesn't mean we can't be in each other's lives. It means they don't burn things down when they're leaving. They know how to leave lovingly and acknowledge things aren't working. They don't wait till all the wheels have fallen off. That is a good sign. Support and be with people that are friends with their exes. This is good. But he gets jealous when I don't invite him to certain things. He told me he's always going to he told me he's always going to look at me as someone he's protective over. But I think sometimes it's too much. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I have a lot of special feelings for people I've been in long-term relationships with, and I want to make sure that they're treated with respect and taken care of and supported and that they're happy. It's called love. I love all of my exes in different ways. You know, I have a lot of care and love for them. It's a beautiful thing. That's part of having true relationship with someone. You've been, they've been a part of your life for four years, of course. Uh, but you have to set a boundary maybe say, Hey, listen, I would do it as it happens. You know, when this person's being a little overbearing, a little too protective, you can say, hey, listen, I know that that's coming from a place of love that feels a little overwhelming. So I'm going to ask you to kind of back down off that. Just lovingly, lovingly point it out first, normalize it like, hey, I know you care so much about me and then make the request, set the boundary. But I'm going to ask you to not weigh in or involve yourself in that. Totally appropriate. Totally fair. Uh, We have to tell people what we need. Because this person might think that's what you want. They might not be aware of themselves. A lot of people are very mindless in how they move through the world. So just kind of set that boundary. They seem they seem pretty healthy. The both of you seem like a great couple, you know. Um, and that's part of like a breakup. We work our way in. We have to slowly sometimes work our way back out and kind of figure out like how do we relate now? What's the new configuration? What are the new expectations? Because, um, again, we're used to being very primary. We're used to a lot of intimacy. We're used to being consulted. We're used to people considering their decision-making on how, you know, how it impacts us. So 
it's a lot to kind of readjust. That's what's hard about breakups is there's like the social identity that changes. There's a structure with them that changes. So it's a lot of like reorganizing and really kind of figuring out how to be in each other's lives on a lot of different levels. So it takes time, but you two seem cool. Again, I know it wasn't as simple as that, but it literally sounds like y'all were like, Hey, what, you know, high fived, just helped each other move out and then went about your time. Um, all right, we got time for another one. Let's see here. Hey, Dr. Kristen Loveline, I have a question about setting boundaries with my friend. Ah, I love boundary questions. My friend is constantly, oh, I love this one already. My friend is constantly jumping in and out of relationships with different people. And as soon as I figure out or give advice about one of the people, the relationship ends and someone else is brought into the fold. I don't know how to keep up with all the different people they're dating and I'm getting burnt out on constantly giving the same advice. I think we've all been there. I think we all can relate to this one. How do I lovingly both support my friend and also set boundaries because I'm feeling burnt out? I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. It's hard. You know, some people are serial daters. Some people struggle in relationships. They get excited. They want to celebrate. They want to bring their friends in. Um, I would say not to take it too seriously. Meaning, what is what are we really talking about? We're talking about a friend that sometimes just wants to talk a little too much about someone. Okay, we can manage that. It's part of being a friend. Um, but it's okay at times to say something like, hey, I'm having a really hard day. I wanted to know if we could focus on this one issue I'm struggling with and make it more about you. Or you could say something like, hey, um, I kind of wanted to not talk about relationships today. Tell me about what's going on at your new job. Set boundaries by redirecting people. Set boundaries by telling people what you need. You don't have to shame them or put them down and make them feel bad for where they are or what they're going through or bringing this to you. But instead, start the conversation with what you want to talk about. Set the frame by saying, hey, I will, you know, we're meeting up for coffee. I'd love to tell you about my new job. Um, redirect, set the frame, make requests. Kind of, You can also segue out. If they're bringing up something with uh, someone they're dating, you can say, blah, 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 give your advice and then say, hey, have you been watching? And you kind of redirect them because this is where that person's at. And I want them to be able to, you know, bring this to you and not feel shamed by it. All right, y'all, we got to go, but we'll be back. Um, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for love line and click on it. Otherwise, y'all have a good rest of your night. As always, thanks for taking me on your journey. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest.